Shomrabyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomrabyug. Welcome back to the tiny room. I am the aforementioned in a previous podcast, not just now, Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined by Irish podcasting's number one guy. It's Benjamin, the process colopy. Oh, I love that one. I'm so glad. I'm Sometimes... Yeah. Autocorrect works out just fine. It's very good. Look, that is a little in-joke there that we have. And as everybody knows, in-jokes make the best podcasting. Best podcasting material possible. everybody understands them, definitely. And then I don't know if you know this, but I've slid a little in-joke there for Batman fans into the intro. Have you now? Mm-hmm. Have you now? Go on. No, we'll bloody get back to it later, but first, let's address the theme music. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music <laughs> Benjamin news let's start with the news we're going to take let's before we start with the news Go let's on. just do an announce that we're going to take this a little bit of out of order this week yeah I know it's controversial but let's see we're going to put the bloody we're going to put the topic of the week before the review because we're going to be talking about Joker Joker so we're going to leave the review of the film Joker for the end oh my it's very strange Michael I don't I'm, like change I'm uncomfortable you're uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable since we started doing this podcast. Let's just embrace it and get on with it. Fair enough. Ben, in no, in the only part of non-Batman related thing we're going to discuss this week, <laughs> there's too much Batman. It's a lot there, of Batman. There's too much. Get rid of, of some of it. A lot of Batty man. Get rid of a lot of it. The big news is, Ben, the, the big, big news. You know how I've always said to you, Ben, that... In the world of the Warhammer universe, that there's been one kind of great Warhammer story, and that's Eisenhorn, the, the three book series Eisenhorn. Big bloody badass inquisitory fella. That's the fella, yeah. yeah. That's the fella, that's the lad. And he's getting his own TV series on Netflix, was it Netflix? Netflix. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Ben, I've long said to you, many times I've said to you, what I've said to you has been Go on. that there's a diamond of a story, of a Warhammer story, somewhere just waiting to burst forth to be plucked to be plucked from the from the ether the roughage and that i always thought an ongoing comic would be the way to do it like a, an epic comic series yeah well, and it's just there it's just waiting to be harvested the big news of the week ben is that warhammer games workshop has teamed up with marvel the harvesters of content <laughs> the harvesters of content ben what what we can only hope for is that the combination of Marvel bringing budget and quality control and access to really good writers and artists mm. teamed with Games Workshop's mm. IP, will intellectual property. Mm, I see what you did there. We'll, we'll bloody we'll, we'll harvest that diamond for us. I'd like to see the Immortal Hulk's Al Ewing take a crack at the Warhammer universe. I feel uh, like he's got the horror chops. He certainly has a lot of horror, Ben. Ben, we were saying something about Star Wars. Oh, sorry, yes. Well, if the Star Wars adaptations from IDW that were taken back by Marvel are anything yeah. to go by, uh, the Marvel Star Wars comics are pretty brilliant. Very well received. Very well received. Much loved by fan bases across the galaxy. Yeah, so Ben, we might finally get that amazing Star Wars, or amazing Marvel, no, amazing Warhammer comic that I've always wanted. Nailed it first time. Yeah. Um, friend of the podcast, Cron. Good friend he, of the podcast, Cron. the podcast, Cron. He gave us a comic to review for our Collecting Issues a few weeks ago. Yes. He also loaned us uh, a, a, a Games Workshop comic called Death Squadron. Very aggressive. Is, it's about orcs flying airplanes. Da orcs. Da orcs mm. is flying the airplanes because nice. they're from London, in it. Da orcs are coming. Cool. Whoa. Oh, that was a very enjoyable uh, piece of... Content. Piece of live radio. So Ben, now look. Anyway, listen. Go on. That's enough about that. Yeah. Now let's talk. Now let's talk about Batman and his various spin-offs and bloody we, spin-offs and flashbacks and such. Batman's. There's too much Batman. So ben. little times. So much Batman. Get rid of some of it. That's what I say. So much. So much. Michael. 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 You and I went to the cinema today. Yes. And we were sitting in the cinema, Michael. And as you know, yeah. the price that you must pay for cinema these days, apart from a quite frankly hefty price uh, tag, quite hefty price tag, is now about. 35 minutes worth of advertisements. Yes. And one of those advertisements was a trailer. Most of them were trailers. For an upcoming movie. Again. <laughs> Starring a Joker-adjacent character, Harley Quinn. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. Here we are. There we go. We got in there eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Birds of Prey looks like it's it's going to come out. The movie that nobody <laughs> asked for. The movie that literally not one person has ever gone, I'd like to see that. Ben, I like that your opinion of this can be summed up with Birds of Prey looks like it's going to come out. Yeah, that's, that is my opinion of it. It looks opinion. like it's 
full steam ahead. Uh, it looks very like, very like Michael. Yes. The director of the original Suicide Squad got a second chance. It does have a certain Suicide Squadness to it, all right. Which, quite frankly, Michael, worries myself. But a little bit grimier, a little bit dirtier. It looks quite unpleasant. It, uh, it didn't even look that cinematic, Michael. Do you it, think? It seemed, it seemed like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, Michael, I don't know what to think of this film. Harley Quinn is a hugely popular character mm-hmm. and franchise, as well she should be. When written well, Harley's great. Margot uh-huh. Robbie... Sorry? You famously have a problem with Harley Quinn then as a character. Uh, my problem with Harley Quinn is that she's dependent on the Joker. Go on. My problem with Harley Quinn is that she, when written poorly, and by people who don't understand the dynamic that Paul Dini originally created when he wanted the character to be received, mm-hmm. is that many people take her undying love for the Joker as what someone should do in a relationship. You shouldn't be. A, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be inspired by that, Ben. A toxic relationship's as goal, say, if yeah. you would. As young people um, say these days. They're all about goals. Um, and toxic relationships. And toxic relationships. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we've alienated at least two listeners there, but that's fine. Um, mainly because he tells us he's not allowed to listen to this podcast yeah, anymore. Yeah, allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but look, toxic relationships are no good. You should not uh, always come back to the homicidal maniac who treats you like gum under his shoe. Um, and Paul Dini, the original creator of Harley Quinn, often laments the fact that that seems to have been completely misconstrued by certain uh, merchandising companies and things like that. In fact, one of the things that he heavily disagreed with from the Suicide Squad was Daddy's Little Monster, which was written on um, Harley Quinn's T-shirt. Yes. He didn't agree with that because it seemed to connotate that she would do anything for him. Um, and this yes. has has a, a tagline attached to it, Michael, a or a subtitle, which is the wonderful emancipation the marvellous something like the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn of one Harley Quinn of one Harley Quinn which is very Victorian Michael very Dickensian yes isn't it Um, and it looks to be her saying I don't need the Joker anymore in fact that's the opening line me and Mr. J broke up and then there's all these other women who are looking for emancipation from various things because as we know Michael men are bad blokes yeah and women are great and Ewan McGregor looks like he's going to have a lot of fun strapping on his American accent again he looks like he's Really into it. I'm gonna get these birds of prey, and I'm gonna beat them with my uh, my, my black with mask. my mask of black. <laughs> oh, that sounds slightly risque, but yeah. Um, so look, Michael. Go on. Uh, fundamentally, why I don't like the look of it is it looks very slapped together. Do you think it looks sloppy? But it's a trailer, Michael. It's grim and gritty and dirty and down low. I think yeah. is what we're supposed to think. I think some people are going to really enjoy it. Mm. I think her fan base is going to flock to it. How big is the Harley Quinn fan base, though, in reality? It's never been tested, has it? I just know that her sales, whenever she gets her own title or is in something, spike. Her comic book sales spike. Yes, no, that's what I'm saying. But, but merchandising, she's, she's quite popular as merchandising, well. Merchandising, she's quite popular, but she's never led a film. She's never led a video. Like, she's never done anything solo. Mm. How popular is she? Combined with Margot Robbie, you may have sales. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Margot Robbie has certainly been a cosplayer's delight for, for all young ladies at Halloween. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Margot Robbie is maybe even too energetic in the role. Get out of here. Um, it's almost cartoonish. It's supposed to be. She's a bloody uh, harlequin. I, I know. She's a bloody jester. She also, they have also taken the bar scene from Suicide Squad and just seem to have copied and pasted it into the movie. She's that having a drunk chat with Black Canary. Pretty much the only scene in Suicide Squad that worked. Uh, to be fair. Also, Black Canary being actually black is a little on the nose. <laughs> little on the nose. How do you feel? Little on the nose. I didn't like Black Canary having a cigarette behind her ear. It's not the right message I we wonder, want to send to the kids. I wonder what's going to go on there. Well, she shouldn't be smoking if her voice is supersonically based. No, maybe she has to. Oh, to dampen it? Mm, I don't know. Michael. I don't know, Ben. Don't Michael, know. look at really you it, writing interesting little tidbits for really movies. I haven't seen it, Ben, so I don't um, know. We're going to have to see it, Michael. We will see we'll, it. We will see it. Um, and you know what, Michael? Yeah. I hope it turns out great. Yeah. Because I'm sick of going to shit movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is bloody Batman news this week, Ben? Go on. That they're, they're looking at a, a Catwoman for Matt Reeves the Batman. Yes, Matt Reeves the Batman, which is getting the full go-ahead, um, finally. Um, and they're looking for a, a bloody a bloody woman of colour to mm. play. That seems unnecessarily negative. A woman of colour to play Catwoman. And of course, Michael, the internet being the sane, well-measured place that it yeah. is, full of equality and open opportunity, has welcomed it with open arms. They haven't been. Oh, you're doing a bit uh, of irony. Did a bit of irony. You they've did a bit uh, of irony. they've done the exact opposite, Michael. Despite the fact that Catwoman has been black twice before. Yeah, 
or a woman of colour twice before. How many times has she been white? Uh, well, times? probably a few more. Julie Newmar. Yeah. Uh, bloody Anne Hathaway. Michelle Fife's. Yeah. Michelle Fife's. Yeah. Um, and she's Carmen been by Condorova. Who? Gotham. Gotham. Oh, I missed her there. Uh, yeah. it, she's technically a woman of colour, isn't she? She's Spanish origin. Or I don't, I, do you want to go down this origin? Route? No, you not really. Not really. Anyway, she's also been represented as a woman of colour many times. Eartha Kitt played her yeah. in the traditional 1960s. Halle Berry um, a cat woman. A cat, cat woman, if not the cat woman. Ooh, Halle Berry's cat woman. Yeah. I'm, Wasn't great. Look, it's a very interesting thing when... I, I'm a firm believer in cast the right person for the role. I always have a, I, I feel a little bit iffy when they are specifically looking for a person based on their race rather than that's the top half of a chaos psyker. I was enjoying it. Yeah, just yeah. go ahead. You keep going. Yeah, uh, it's always a little bit iffy when they cast based on race and then find someone. They do it a lot. They do do it a lot, and it's a. Uh, it's a tiny bit of a grey area in terms of... Uh, is it reverse racism? Are we yeah. overcorrecting? Is I don't know. I don't know, Ben. Uh, Who's the bloody say? Anyway, I hope it's uh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be great. She'd be good. Somebody did a really awful mock-up of her in Earth the Kids catsuit from the 1960s thing, so it's a terrible hairstyle for <laughs> for Tessa Thompson. And people were like, oh, that's going to be terrible. It's like, well, yeah, if you do a really bad Photoshop job with a 1960s haircut... Yeah, it's gonna look which, a bit rough. I wonder which cat room on the route they'll go. Um, I hope she's an intelligent, badass lady who's quite fond of Batman, but doesn't need him around. Mm. I like a, I like a self possessed, independent mm. woman in my own life, but well, also in my uh, cat woman. <laughs> I meant more in terms of like, will they go for a kind of uh, Batman Returns kind of mad Catwoman kind of psychopath? A bit oh, I evil, hope not. Or will they go for a Anne Hathaway cat burglar, not even called Catwoman? A Frank Miller. Former prostitute, oh, hard get out of here, Frank Miller. <laughs> get out of here, Frank, Frank Miller. We don't want any more of your no, stories, no Frank. more of your crap, Frank. You bloody son of a bitch. But uh, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to that Matt Reeves movie. I want to see what they do with it. We haven't I had don't it know. I don't know what it's going to be it's like. Could, it could be There's, terrible, Michael. It's casting rumours swirling around the, the Wahoosies. I know. Here and hither and fro. I know. Jonah Hill was Jonah sort of Hill's to be the to, to be a, to be a villain. Yeah, one stage is mad. Who yeah, knows? that's your look. Look, listen. Who's our Batman? Are we, are we still? Have we decided? It is Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson yeah, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Oh, helpfully christened here on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Robert Pattinson. We definitely weren't the first, but we'll, no. we'll take credit. <laughs> Nor the last. Nor the last. <laughs> Go Benjamin. on, Look, listen. We can't. We're circling. We've we've been caught in the orbit of the Batman this week, in his Schwarzschild <sighs> radius. Stop that. What's a Schwarzschild? It's a bloody uh, physicist who discovered something about blank holes. I thought it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's illegitimate son. That's good, yeah. Um, That would be Schwarzkinder. Schwarzkinder. What are we doing? Uh, Batman. Batman. So, Ben. Bloody hell, Ben. Bloody. It's big news at the moment. Who even is the Joker in all my news? <laughs> yeah, so Michael and I did a little visit today to the to the cinema. Yeah. And we went to see the, the new Joker film. Um, and in the spirit of such a film, we yeah. decided to take a look at the origin of the Joker. Yes, we did. But Michael. Yes. Michael, there's a little bit of a built-in conceit here. Go on. The Joker doesn't have an origin, Michael. Yes, he does. The Joker doesn't have an origin, Michael. He does, though. The Joker doesn't have an origin, Michael. Ben, he does. The Joker doesn't have an origin, Michael. I see what you're doing, but he does. Um, no, I mean, it, technically, depending on which way you go. Now, uh, rather unusually today, Michael, uh, brother of one of the podcast co-hosts went with us today. Yes, your brother. Almost a perfect guinea pig for this kind of thing because my brother was very confused as to the origin of the Joker. And we were both saying, well, you should listen to our podcast tomorrow. Probably there was a podcast you could listen to. Because he does have a very convoluted backstory. But let's go all the your way back. Your brother. Yes, my brother has a very convoluted backstory. Go on. Well, after a harrowing youth, <laughs> uh, we lost him in, in Dundrum. Nam. Um, after after Nam, yeah. my brother came back and didn't really like the, the city that he once called home right. and he decided to clean it up oh yeah uh, so he goes out there as the uh, the Shamrock Avenger and, oh, that's uh, terrible yeah it was awful uh, my brother's much cooler than I'm making him out to be it's actually quite unfair my brother my brother is easily the coolest of the Colby brothers oh yeah uh, knocking around oh hands much cooler than down. you much cooler than me being that oh. there's two of us in the Colby brothers oh and I just said he's the cooler yeah of the two anyway talk about Joker 1940 <laughs> yeah. 1940 cast your mind back the Michael. year is 1940 cast then. your mind back Michael World War 2 is raging in Europe this just in this just in Hitler's a real bad guy yeah here come those bloody Germans again keep an eye out damn it Jerry step back yeah so that's happening 
But also, Batman's been going for a while in Detective Comics. Yeah. Uh, he's very successful, and he finally gets his own title. The Batman. Batman. Yeah, very good. Um, And who's the first villain that he goes up against in Batman? I don't know, Ben. It's the Joker, Michael. Oh. The Joker was specifically created um, to to be his villain, his antagonist. In Batman issue um, one. In Batman issue one in 1940. And never again mm-hmm. have they parted ways. They have been inseparable ever since. Um, except for what we're going to talk about in a few minutes. One of the interesting things is, originally he was uh, billed as a one-off. He dies at the end of the original Batman arc. Spoilers for a comic that came out in 1940. Bloody hell, then. Um, and this give, established give people a minute. <laughs> this established Joker as the kind of undying, eternal evil of Gotham City. Uh, he came back due to huge popularity. Um, a lot of the tropes that we see exploited throughout the Joker's cinematic and television history were established in in. Batman issue one. Go on. For example, he would often announce his murders on the television. Hello, I'm the bloody Joker and I'm about to bloody kill some of these people. Yeah, and he would give an exact time, exactly. He would say, um, he would usually pick on on wealthy elites in Gotham City. Uh, So let's say, for example, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, the Wayne Uh, family. Rupert Murdoch will die at 12pm this evening. Um, And then, lo and behold... He would do it, but he would do it through some kind of concoction of chemicals. It wouldn't be a, your your simple smash and murder. Right. It would be a, a chemical that he planted somewhere. He'd wear a disguise and he'd sneak into somewhere and do it that way. Right. Um, and he was a very, very, very enjoyed character. What by, did he look like? By the fan base. Exactly as the traditional ochre looks. Uh, green hair, white face, big mm. grinny, grinny, grin, grin. Yeah. Um, purple suit. A purple suit. In the 40s, he looked In like In the that. 40s. He, was, he has had probably one of the most enduring styles of most villains in the Marvel Universe. He's had... Not in the Marvel or, Universe. In the DC been? Universe. Um, Get off the bloody podcast! He's only, he's only had to be minorly tweaked over the years. He's always kept that purple suit. Um, yeah, it's great. He was a great character when he was introduced. And then, really over the years, it depends on who's wrote him. Like most things with that... with that, Like most characters with that kind of longevity... Who gets their hands on him decides the kind of character that we're going to get. He, I suppose, can be really more defined by the ages the comics have gone through. So we had, the, of course, the, the golden age of comics, golden Michael, age of comics, the which you and I have often said, Michael, not, not really great. that golden. Not great. Not that golden. Very full, full, very creative, surely. Surely. But terrible comics. Yeah, not. you can't go back and read them and enjoy them. You can. Yeah, no, you can't. You can. Look, just, just my section. My section. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> After that, uh, he goes into the Silver Age, and this is where we kind of really get the Joker that we all know—the clown prince of crime, yeah. the kind of megalomaniac, the the big noisy character. He was actually kind of unpopular towards the end of the Golden Age, so he was whisked out of existence, um, and then he kind of came back for the the nineteen seventies, nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies. And he became a huge character again. He became the maniacal, kind of homicidal, kind of which is very similar to the word yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, homicidal maniac that we all know and, and love today, um, adored by strange men across the world. And he became much more homicidal. He's responsible for some heinous, heinous acts. Yeah. Uh, and then we reach the 80s and the Joker gets a whole boost into full-on psychopathic territory. Um, we really begin to play around with what the Joker is. Um, Different writers tackle him in different ways. In some incarnations, he's complete. He's just the embodiment of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, in other incarnations, he's super sane. In other incarnations, he's uh, completely flexible and interchangeable as a character. Um, and it all gets very confusing, Michael, as as time goes by. Scott Schneider more recently made him into kind of an eternal character that that uh, existed. In Gotham throughout the ages. Are there three Jokers now? Yeah, there are three Jokers now. So I was just about to get onto that, Michael. Right, sorry. And now it's been revealed lately in a new run that hasn't come out yet. It's been teased for a very long time, but it's yet to be published. Oh, okay. There are three Jokers who've always operated uh, in Gotham City, which is absolute horseshit, Michael. Uh, It's just, look, we're going to have to wait and see what it is, but it's just weird. Ah, it might be good. Anything can be good, Ben. That's your Anything can be good. Yeah, that's true. Um, At least that's that's how I pitch things to people anything can be good so let me buy you a drink um, so yeah uh, one of the things I really enjoy about the character on a personal level Michael is that he didn't have an origin for a really long time like Wolverine like Wolverine I think that adds a nice layer of mystery Logan. I think there's lots of darkness to the character because Batman can't figure him out mm-hmm. I think it's great that the world's greatest detective can't actually who is he suss it out I, I think that's great I think that even the world's greatest detective can't figure him out and I think that's probably one of the great things that can probably unnerve Batman about the Joker he can't figure it out who there is, is he? no origin yeah what is his origin though Ben well good question Michael oh thank you 
Now retired comic book writer. Yeah. Alan, I can't remember his name. Davies? Gone. No. Moore? Moore. There we Alan go. Moore, yeah. Alan Moore got a stab at the killing joke, Michael. Go on. Which has several issues. Yeah. Including a fridging. Yeah. And a raping. Yeah. Uh, and an unnecessary raping that doesn't fit with the Joker's character at any point previous to his character. I don't know if you want to start using the phrase unnecessary raping. Oh, yeah. Shit. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't reflect very well. Ooh. Ooh. Go on, though. Oh, it's too late now. I think I'm just going to see myself out, Michael. Dig up, Ben. Um, Dig up. <laughs> anyway, uh, it has a multitude of issues. Um Inherent within it because it's a, a 90s comic book. 80s or 90s? It yeah, it's an 80s comic book. 87, 89, uh, I don't know. And I guess Alan Moore decided to take an age old mystery and say, Well, I'm Alan Moore, so I can write what I want. Yeah. Um, I'll and he, figure it out. He went and wrote him as a low life hood, a failed stand up comedian who gets roped in uh, to some, some pretty shady folks. Yeah. Some pretty shady folks. Um, he has to become the scapegoat for their little criminal enterprise. The fall guy. Uh, the fall guy. It turns out that this criminal is like... The patsy. <laughs> the patsy. Yeah. It turns out that this criminal organisation has been using a red hood. The dirty-handed Charlie. Is that a thing? No, I've made it no, up. No, you've made it up. It was good, though. It was enough... It was weird enough for me to go, that's not right. But also, <laughs> not weird enough that I had to check. Not weird enough to be funny. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Well, I mean, look... That's podcasting. That's podcasting. Um, not weird enough to be funny is what we'll be re- rebounding the podcast to <laughs> in the near future. But um, what happens is he gets shoved into an Elvat yeah. of acid. Yeah. Um, like he, the drug from the 90s. Acid. Acid. Right. Um, and he comes out as that maniacal, crazy kind of person. Uh, Jack Nicholson also took a stop. Uh, no, hold on. I'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. You're doing comics. Sorry. Sorry. You're doing comics. <laughs> We go back. Uh, if we take a look at Batman the animated series, yeah. uh, oh, so you're just moving on. You're just doing the train of consciousness. Now. What, what What do you want me to do? The, 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 what's his that's origin? Comics. What's that's, the that's, origin? That's, that's one of the origins. Yeah, well, He's a failed comedian. He had a wife. Yeah. Things weren't going very well, so he took some yeah. work with some shady guys because yeah. they offered to pay him and he needed the money. And then that all happened. But then it turns out that Gotham PD is really corrupt, and it turns out that they got rid of his wife because oh. he died, and they wanted to clean up shop. Oh. It was all real dark. Is that the Killing Joke? No, it's retconned much, much later. Oh, much, much later. What Ben is his origin in the 1966 TV show? I don't think he he's has not one. given an origin. He's Doesn't just a matter. kooky clown yeah. prince of crime. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, the most stylistic influence for the Joker movie that we just saw, um, because in the 1966 version, um, he wears a kind of redder suit with an orange jacket, um, and it probably represents one of the greatest strays from the original color palette of the character. Does he? Which is purple and green. Is he wears the... a little reddy kind of orange thing, so he's much more heavily influenced by I the 19th. 19- he purple in the 60s. No, you can take a look. I'll take a look here as we go. Some of um, that forth. As, as we go forward, Michael, we come to Batman the Animated Series. And no, they... we bloody don't. We come to bloody Batman 1989. You just said we weren't doing that. No, I was just saying. <laughs> you just can't stream of consciousness, Ben. <laughs> ben. You do it. The bloody origin. Here's the thing, right? You have said there multiple times that he doesn't have an origin. Yes. But one, um, one, what's his name? The guy who directs those films? Tim Robbins? No. The spooky guy. The, the guy who directs the Batman film. Matt Reeves. No. The, Christopher Nolan. No. Todd Tim, Phillips. No. The 1989 one. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. There you go. Tim Burton you said... You want stream of consciousness, I'll y- give you stream of consciousness. Tim Burton said, he said to you, Ben, he said, look, Ben, I don't have time for any of this nonsense about the Joker not having an origin. What I want is the Joker to have a very clearly defined origin and for it to be intimately tied no, you're right, in... right, Michael. Yeah, it's purple. Yeah, I thought it was purple. Why did I... I don't know. Not only did you make that up, but then you went on a thing about it. <laughs> it's weird why did I make that up I don't know why did you make that up and then just go ah, roll with sorry it? that's what I was thinking of oh there you go the, okay yeah the Jack Nicholson orange cravat give thing. us a look no I mean there's a there's a there's a it's hard to tell isn't it yeah. with 60s TV because yeah. because <laughs> for whatever reason that's burned itself into my mind anyway anyway Ben on you go famously very very famously in the 1989 Batman movie um the producers wanted Jack Nicholson. He was their number one guy. Yeah, because he, because <laughs> you are my number one guy, Jack. See, see, that's what I was. That's the reference from earlier, though. Very good. The intro. I missed it. You Dad. did miss it, yeah. Um, and they went as far as basically building the movie around the Joker. But in the movie, Ben, he very much has an origin. His name is Jack Napier. Yes, and he is an up and coming hood. Yes. Which is a bit silly considering Jack Nicholson's about 60. Yeah. But, you know, he's an up-and-coming hood. 
and he's in a relationship with the boss's mall. Yeah, which is not a good idea. So he bloody gets set up, Ben. The gangsters yeah. kind of just Jack Palance has had enough. To get him out of here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you are my number one guy. Exactly, Jack. yeah, exactly. And don't forget, you lucky dick. You Jack Palance terrified me as a child <laughs> in that role. So he sends him off, Ben. Yeah. And he gets bloody. He only bloody gets thrown into a vat of acid by the Batman. By the Batman. By and. There's about half an hour of that movie before you even meet Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's great. And there's only about four great or five film. minutes of Batman in that. It's yeah. a Joker. The first half of that film is a Joker origin story. It's great. And then he gets all melted, Ben, and he becomes the Joker. Mm. But he's not really mad. No, no, he's, he's a very he's calculated. a criminal. He's a gangster mm. who. I don't think he even breaks mentally when he gets injured. He ends up looking like a clown and kind of embraces it. Yeah, he does. More so than anything else. They lean quite heavily in that movie into the fact that he's a sociopath to begin with. He's, yeah. kind, of, he's kind of a really fucked up guy he's in the beginning. He's already a lunatic. Yeah. And then, you know, it just all happens to match together. Did you hear about how when they wanted to cast him as the Joker, they didn't have CG back then? So they took the famous picture of him sticking his head through the door in The Shining. Johnny. And just painted the Joker over it. I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's how they, that was kind of their, their wish Their mock-up, their concept, their proof of concept. art of, look, get Jack, get Jack Nicholson. So he kind of steals the bloody film away, Ben. He does. But a thing about Batman 1989 is that it's not very mythological. In what sense now? Help me out here now. Recent comic book movies and TV shows and even comic books and even ancillary things related to comic books, they've kind of, they're swallowing their own tail in terms of creating mythology. Norobos kind of thing. Yeah, they've kind of got like, they've got their mythos and like, and when things happen, it's really like, that's what, this is just a story about a guy who hates Batman who happened to be created by Batman and happened to have also created Batman. Yeah. But Batman's a normal man in this. I, he gets yeah. beaten up by street-level thugs. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting things is in the 1989 Batman, as you said, yeah. he kills Bruce Wayne, or Thomas Wayne. And yeah, he Wayne. does, yeah. He's the man that uh, pulls the trigger, which again, had been an eternal mystery for a yeah. very long time. And the actor who plays young Jack Napier Bloody hell does he look like the Joker. He does. He is an amazing... Spitting image. Yeah, he's the best bit of casting in the whole film. Yeah. But anyway, in this, the Joker is a criminal, but for no real reason. He just likes causing havoc. Yeah. He calls himself an artist, the world's first psychopathic Psychopathic artist. artist. Which probably isn't true. Yeah. Most artists are probably psychopaths. To be fair, but, you can probably yeah. fact check a lot of Joker things and find out. Yeah, but he, um, although he's he's antagonistic with Batman, there's not this thing which develops in later Batman. The comic. bond. Yeah. The dark bond. There's this great mythological pairing of mm. darkness and light who can't exist without one another. There's none of that. He's just you a lunatic in a clown suit. need me. Exactly. Yeah. He just, and then Batman beats him by punching him in the head. He just gives him a box a couple of times and chucks him off a building. Yeah. Spoilers for a movie that came out in 1989. And then Joker's nearly going to get away in a helicopter and Batman says, not that bloody fast, and grappling hooks him onto a thing that kills him. Batman's a real murderer in this film. Yeah, yeah, no problem. He'll kill someone as soon as look at him. No qualms. He killed it. But he does have some of the best lines ever in film. Which one? Uh, Joker well, or Batman? There's, there's, uh, Batman? Joker says, of course, to Batman, did you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Just something I say to all my victims. But also, after he shoots Bruce Wayne and <laughs> thinks that he's killed him. Thanks to the trusty silver tray. Yeah, how did he know he was going to shoot him in the square in the chest? Oh, Batman knows. Yeah, he knows all right. But he says, never rub another man's rhubarb. Yeah, never <laughs> rub another man's rhubarb. I love Jack Nicholson. I always love the, the scene I always remember is the parade. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes in where and where is the Batman he's at home washing his tights and it's just like Jack Nicholson said that that wasn't in the script yeah, there's that, no way that was in the script that's all Jack Nicholson there's a lot of things about it I, I don't know if Jack Nicholson created a lot of Joker's lingo but Mark Hamill Ben is famous as being a very good Joker but a Excellent. lot of Mark Hamill comes from that performance the laugh yeah yeah the laugh comes from Jack Nicholson 
I don't know if Jack Nicholson invent, invented the Joker calling Batman Bats or Batsy. I think he did. But I, he, I think that's him. And then the Batman the Animated Series came as a direct result of the success of the 1989 film. But he just took the theme tune. Yeah. Stick it in there. Stuck it in there. Um, and that much darker Batman became a really popular version of the thing. So they went and made... And that Joker, again, follows that origin roughly in the Batman the Animated Series. Does it? Uh, here and there. So, as you, as you know, Michael, yeah. Batman the Animated Series, very successful at the time. Yeah. Very successful. Very, very dark. Very, very dark. successful. Lovely versions of the characters. Yeah. Great storytelling. Yeah. Paul Dini knocks it out of the part. Yeah. Bruce Timm has a lovely yeah. streamlined animation style. Great. Hand drawn on black paper. Hand drawn on black paper. The darkest cartoon yeah. ever. Well, Fact. except, is it? Fact. What's the metric? Because it was animated on black paper. All right. That's that's the metric. Go on. That's the metric. Yeah, go on. Anyway, uh, moving on from there. That was so successful that they decided to give it a feature length. Boom. Um, and this was before cartoon series ever got their own films. Now it's quite a common thing. Ben 10. You do a couple of good... Exactly. You do a couple of great series. Yeah. And then you get yourself a little movie move. Rugrats um, go to Mexico. But this was a relatively new phenomenon um, when Mask of the Phantasm was made for the Batman series. It was so budgeted, Michael, that it got a, a limited cinema release. Cinema release in the, the United car- In the United States. cartoon. And it was cinema. formative for many people. Um, now, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second and point out that a lot of cartoons got movies that got cinema releases and a lot of them were quite a while before the Batman animated series. Fair enough. Transformers. Did Transformers get a cinema release? Yeah. G.I. Joe got a cinema release. Yeah. So, do you feel free to the GoBots, believe it or not? Uh, Yeah, look. um, Do carry on though. Do carry on. It's been a pleasure doing 121 (laughs) episodes with you. Um, I'm just going to hand in my badge. Yeah. Do um, carry on though. But anyway, Mask of the Phantasm came out yeah. um, and we get a little bit of a Joker origin story again in on that. that. Yeah, because um, the Joker in that is, um, he's a lunatic again. He's living in the old uh, World of the Future fair in Gotham. And I remember that being the first time I was really disturbed by Mark Hamill's Joker because he's having this weird conversation with a robotic woman and he's just like rambling to this woman. A little bit like what I do when I go to various places, it's just me <laughs> in a room. Um, talking to robot women. Talking to robot women. Look, I, I like what I like. Yeah, um, shows your bloody circuit boards. And, oh, God. You make it so cheap, Michael. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that Andrea, the woman who is the phantasm in this, uh, is hunting down all her ex. Her, sorry, her fa- no, no, her She's father's. Taylor Swift of Batman villains. Her father's ex-partners who betrayed him. He was right. a crime boss. Yeah. He was all? betrayed. And bloody, bloody small time hood Joker What's was Joker's in that original in animated series. I think it's Napier again. I think Is they stick Napier? with Napier. Yeah, mm. they stick with Napier. That's I'll double check that now in a second. But I think they stick with Napier, and he gets that kind of similar gangster origin again because originally when he was brought back in the seventies, he was the clown prince of crime. He was a real crime boss, mm. not the deranged lunatic that became so popular later on. Yeah, but he was a crime boss more than anything else, um, and he could re- frequently be seen having an L turf war. Mm. Um, with with the gang, the penguin, with the penguin, him and the penguin were not mates. No, not the bestos. Riddler. The Riddler. Oh, that came back later. Anyway, that was those two. Anything else, Michael? Well, th- here's the thing, though, Ben. Right, because that Jack Nicholson performance was so iconic. You all right? Yeah, <laughs> you look like you're a bit tired. You look like you're struggling a little bit. Made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Made a lot of mistakes today. Made a lot of mistakes. The thing about the after the Jack Nicholson thing and after the animated series, that's when the kind of mythos started forming of the two sides of the coin. Two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin, a lovely bit of potatoes. The two sides of the same coin. Come here to me, we're two sides of the same... That's if Colin Farrell played the Joker. Come here to me, right? We're two sides of the same coin. You Do you want to hear a joke, yeah? Do you, Do you want to hear a joke? Knock, yeah. knock, yeah? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, two gay beers, please. Um... Anyway, where are we? That's when the mythos started forming, Ben. The Joker depiction, the portrayal, was so bloody popular. Yeah. In a quite a small little movie. That Batman movie is pretty small. Tim Burton. Yeah. Tim Burton. I mean, it's a small thing. It's a man who wants to blow up a thing and then another man stops him with a fight. It, it's not a big, huge, world-changing, no. mythological, everything's connected thing. He does try to kill all the city. He does. Or just the people who come to the parade. 
But even if you look at it, like the number of people at the parade, they didn't have a huge budget for extras, clearly. Nah. Because there's only about 50 people at that parade. You, I suppose you were taking a big risk on Tim Burton at the time. Yeah. He wouldn't have been the, the, the bankable asset that he, he... Well, he's not anymore, but he wouldn't have been the bankable asset that he was in the mid-90s. And Michael Keaton wasn't a huge star either. And yeah. Oh, Michael Keaton. Love Michael Keaton. Very good Batman. You really have to go back and watch it to understand just how great he was as a Batman. Terrible suit. Terrible suit. Terrible suit. No articulation in the neck. And really lumpy and ill-fitting and, you know, any cosplayer does a better job in these I days. I did honestly believe that he probably could take bullets due to the sheer bulk of the suit. <laughs> Technology has come a long way is what mm. I'm saying. But anyway, the mythology was born and people said, there's no point ever doing another Joker. Why would you ever do another Joker? It's, it's not a thing it's that definitive. can be done. It's definitive. Don't do another Joker. Do as many Batman as you want. Because we haven't quite gotten that yet. He's dead simple. He's dead straightforward. He's just Batman about the place. But never do another Joker, Ben. And then we had the bloody, only had the bloody Dark Knight Rises. No, Dark. <laughs> no, what was it called? Dark Knight. <laughs> the Dark Knight, yeah. Dark Knight the Rises is the third the one. fish, fish, pasta one. Yeah. <laughs> fish, fish, pasta, pasta. Fish, fish, pasta, pasta. <laughs> that's amazing. I've never heard that. Man, you, you need to get more memes into you. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so we had the bloody... The the this is where I think the mythology was really Exploded. bloody solidified into. Yeah. We've gone opposite directions with our analogies there, but it really made it like. So Jack in the nineteen eighty nine movie, mm. the Joker was a criminal, and he fell into a vat of acid, and he held a grudge against Batman and Gotham in general. Yeah, and just wanted to cause a bit of mayhem, but also he wanted to be rich and powerful and, and stuff yeah, he like that. was looking for job security to to a degree. Yeah, and people said that's the best Joker that will ever be put on screen. We Don't even try it. To get another. So, instead of trying to do a better Joker, they just did a completely different Joker. And my oh my, Michael! Yes, what a Joker they did! Tell us about that very briefly. So, uh, first of all, I remember my outrage as a. <laughs> I think I was probably. I must have been about 13, 14 mm-hmm. when it was announced that Heath Ledger was going to be Joker. And I was like, <coughs> bloody, <coughs> bloody ten things I hate about <coughs> you. Pretty boy Ledger. Pretty boy Ledger. I didn't have the articulation to probably get around to that. But no. I was very, very, I was uproarious, Michael. Yeah. I was incensed yeah. that they would ever give such a great character like the Joker to. Because I had been, I had been born and bred, Michael, on, on Jack, Jack Nicholson Joker. And Mark Hamill. And Mark Hamill. Um, and I didn't believe it could be done. And then, Michael, this shabby lumbering force of nature came on the screen and you just kind of understood that this is a character with like unbelievable intelligence planning and who clearly just enjoys fucking up things yeah um and we get michael Keaton, who's as a sandman michael Caine. michael Caine. michael keaton is the other one <laughs> do you know what michael i think i'm always going to stop sandman <laughs> <laughs> master wayne just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, so he was a kind of anarchist. Yeah, he's an anarchist and he becomes an anarchist and he became the poster boy yeah. for every overweight nerd sitting behind a keyboard. Jesus, Ben. Yeah, Take no, it handy fuck now. Fuck them all. <laughs> fuck them all. Um, all right. Yeah, no, not, not having it. He became a phenomenal character, Michael. It was a breakout performance. Um, I think, and this will probably get me a little bit of flack, but I think probably because he died... It certainly helps. It certainly helped to build that mythos of yeah. the character as this force of nature mm-hmm. and chaotic creature. Um, there were some controversial comments from Jack Nicholson about that. He said that I warned him that it would happen and people were like, that's a bit, yeah, bit a sour much, grapes there. A bit much Jack. A bit sour grapes there, Jack. Um, and, you know, I think it, that definitely helped to build up the mythos, but he did give us a phenomenal rendition of a character that you honestly believed could be the opposite of Batman yeah. in almost every sense. So this is the thing. This is what solidified it then as a like Joker is a character that can be interpreted in many ways. Yeah, because he changes his own origin within the... You want to know why I got these scars? You know, what is the Joker? Who yeah. is the Joker? There's a hundred ways you can look at the Joker. And, what, what does, and that, unfortunately, Ben, gave us bloody Suicide Squad. Fucking Suicide Squad. And in Suicide Squad, oh, the origin of the character was very different. In Suicide Squad, the origin of the character is there was an actor called Jared Leto and he wanted to win an Oscar. He didn't get one, though. So he invented a new character also called the Joker. He was awful. Look, Ben. He was a SoundCloud rapper. If you want to do... If you want to have this kind of mythological character who has many facets, 
which is what the Joker is becoming, basically. The yeah. Joker is a modern... He's a part of modern mythology. He's a trickster. Yeah. He's a trickster analog. You and can have many forms. If you're going to have a character with many facets and many stories and many origins and some of them won't catch on. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And you're going to have a few misses. Yeah. Can't all be hits. Yeah. And, and that was kind of one of them. Yeah. Uh, the... Yeah. <laughs> In, in his defense, huh. they say that a lot of it got cut out, so maybe there was a good character study. That there. was him in his own defense. I'm yeah, not. Well, I'm not sure. Well, well, look, well, maybe. No maybe. one has ever denied. Look, that's true. They did say there was about a movie's worth of footage cut out of him and Harley Quinn. So I don't care. I have no. I have no wish to see it. No wish to see it, Ben. I don't. I, I, I don't. Oh. It, that that version of the character didn't look, appeal to it, me. It was an effort. It was a thing, but that that effort was a direct result of this mythologicalizing of the Joker. Yeah, where he could just go in any direction he wanted yeah. and see what he just could do. Just take with it. it whatever way you want. You work. What's what's your what's every, your Joker? Who's your act, Joker? Yeah, every actor is thinking, "Who's your Joker? What's your Joker going to be?" Yeah, yeah. It just didn't turn out great. Jared Leto is an irritating presence. I think I was more annoyed by Jared Leto giving interviews, and when I heard that he was sending people. Willies. Willies and used condoms and stuff. I, was just I think like, it was mostly willies. It's mostly willies. Mm. I just wasn't into that. I was just like, that's irritatingly method. But Ben, look, directly as a result of both of those things, we now have a new Joker, which we've just seen. Yeah. Ben, let's uh, let's just do a little... Uh, what's the spoiler song? Didn't we have a spoiler song? Look, the, we the, talk about the film. It's going to be Don't spoilers. keep listening. Don't keep listening if you don't want to hear any spoilers about Joker. But we're going to talk about it now in about 10 seconds. Less. 10 seconds from now, we're going to bloody talk about the Joker and reveal all the spoilers. Here they come. Here are the spoilers. So stop listening now if you didn't get that if from If you've the made song. it through Ben's various tirades. <laughs> yeah, still, you're still here. Go on, go on. Still go here. On, go on. Uh, look, this is a brand new Joker. Yep. Joaquin Phoenix, another noted method actor. Yeah. Having a crack at it. Um widely marketed as something that wasn't a superhero movie because mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese came out this week as well and said that oh no superhero movie is art um, which just is very out of touch I think uh, probably he's never watched them as well so he knows they're not art because okay. he won't he refuses yeah. which is pretty insulting to any major actor or a director that worked on those films to have one of their icons possibly come out and say oh well, they're not art so I don't watch them mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't know if you get to decide that yeah. um, without watching them but anyway he's produced it Todd Phillips of Hangover fame has directed it. Right. Joaquin Phoenix of Walk the Line fame. Yeah. That is most famous. Signs. Remember in Signs when he saw the alien on the tape? I don't remember Signs at all. Remember he saw the alien? The alien. He was watching the tape of the kids in Brazil, I think, and he saw anyway. the alien. He went, ah! Zazie Beats is there as well. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats is there as well. It's um, There's no Commissioner Gordon, sadly. I was looking forward to Commissioner Gordon. Most importantly, Michael... No bloody Batman. There's no Batman at all. No Batman. There's no Batman at all. And where, and where is the Batman? He's not there. Not there. He's a kid. Not there, he's a kid. Yeah. There is Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. There's a Tomas Wayne. Mm-hmm. There's a Martha Wayne. I don't think they ever say her name. They don't. She's a blonde lady as well. Yeah. It's very unusual. Presumably they don't say her name because... Martha. 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 Why did you say Arthur? It's a joke stone from uh, Shane Courtney. So go on. Tell us about the film, Ben. So... This one is completely different. It is uh, top to bottom a Joker origin story. Yeah. Uh, it could also be looked upon as how many Martin Scorsese references can we fit into one film? Um, it could also be looked upon as Incel the Movie by Martin Scorsese. It could also be looked upon as, geez, aren't the rich a bad bunch of guys? It could also be looked upon as, what would Bernie Sanders do if he had one bad day? Um, wow. there, there are a lot of ways to look at this film, Michael, but fundamentally what it is, it's, a, it's an origin story for a character that traditionally has, has no origin story. shook him off. Um, it was an interesting film it was well shot mm-hmm. well scored I don't necessarily agree with you on well scored I found the heavy violins the heavy strings throughout were a bit grating personally mm-hmm. but perhaps grating was what they were going for yeah I think it's supposed to be I did feel very uneasy watching the character on screen so I think it's a probably it probably speaks a lot to Joaquin Phoenix's um prowess as an actor I was visibly uncomfortable and so was my you, brother you were visibly uncomfortable yeah who told you that my brother <laughs> he turned around and said Ben you look uncomfortable yeah he's like, <laughs> right. would, you, would you settle down <laughs> that's interesting um, yeah right. so um, 
I think he he pulls it off with with a certain aplomb. There's a it's a very different interpretation of the Joker. He's it is almost trying to play it sympathetic. I almost. disagree with you there. I don't think that there's supposed to be any sympathy with this character in this film. Mm. I I don't think anything like that. What I think about this film is that it was very interesting that in this film, it's very clearly about a man with mental illness. Severe mental illness. Very, very strong mental illness. This is about a guy who is mentally ill, who he doesn't have a breakdown because he's pretty much... He's been mentally mentally ill his whole life. For for his whole life. And it turns out there's a a mitigating factor that has led to him being mentally ill. Well, two two or three possibly. Family history, abuse, uh, lack of support. Lack of support. There's society. Society. Lots Lots of things have caused it. But the interesting thing for this take on the Joker is that he is definitively mentally ill. Yes. He shouts at someone before he kills them. This is what happens when you take someone who's mentally ill and give them no support. Yeah. And you leave them behind. This is when you take a sad loner and leave them behind. I don't think that's what he says. Abandon he says them. No, he says mentally ill. He is says this, someone with a mental that? illness. Okay. Maybe, a, maybe a loner with a mental illness yeah. or something like that. But looking back then, Jack Napier didn't really have a mental illness. He was a functioning sociopath. He's... Every Joker before this Joker hasn't played on mental illness as the main thing. Or as a weakness. Yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker was a liar. He's a man with a plan, though. He's a man with a plan. And he's got tics. Yeah. But he's not mentally ill. But he's not mentally... like he's, Well, he's, he's, he's not use, mentally stable. He's not... He's to use the Irish term, mental... The Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. He's causing problems, but he knows what he's doing. He's not an unreliable narrator in his own head. No. There's no deception yeah. being played on him by his brain. Um, and I think that you're probably exactly right there. You're actually absolutely right. It's not played for sympathy at all. Now that I, I think don't think about it was it. played for sympathy. Yeah, and no. I think anyone who is saying he is portrayed as a sympathetic character... He, because they are. There's a lot of people saying that. Is ...are missing the point. He's definitely... It's an effort, I think, to understand the character. Yeah. But not an effort to portray him in a sympathetic light. He's not likable at all. No, but it, it's not his fault. He's no, not it's not likeable. his. Yeah, he's in the wrong environment. Well, he's in the wrong environment. His family has a history of mental illness. There's a long list of things that make mm. him not likable. Yeah. And someone who definitely probably does need the help of being institutionalized. Yeah. As you can see, by the way, the film ends. Yeah. But... I don't think it glorifies it or... No, not at all. He's quite, as I said, quite disturbing as a character. Mm. He's very hard to root for in any form. There's not a single moment in that film where you go, good for you. Are you supposed to, though, is what I'm saying? No, I don't think so. I don't think... So there's a lot of controversy at the minute on both sides from some people saying that it glorifies... I'm just going to stop you there. On both sides of what? Uh, from those who feel that the character is a sympathetic portrayal and those who feel that it isn't. Right. Um, or I suppose we can go back to this. It's very political now. You see, the thing about the incels, I th- Ben, this is going to end up reflecting back on you, I think, a little bit. Probably. And maybe our own, our own politics and attitudes. Yeah. No, but hold on. I haven't seen any of this stuff about incels. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's probably more in my field. It might be just your search history. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Because um, I'm seeing more along the lines of the art versus... Yeah, there is a is bit of that as well. art versus is it superheroes? Mm. Because what I'm seeing on my internet feed is critics loving it and yeah. fans being a bit... Well, it's a good film, I suppose. I think we had that very strong reaction as we Go on. left the cinema. I think the best thing that happened to this movie was Martin Scorsese put his name on it. <laughs> and I don't mean that in an unfair way, but I think Martin Scorsese's name at a critical level carries a phenomenal amount of weight. And I think for some critics, it is akin to heresy to go against a Martin Scorsese venture. Mm, I don't know. I think that's putting, again, putting your thought process onto critics. Yeah. I think a lot of critics 
what they're looking for. Now we're analysing critics rather than talking about Joker. I'm sorry, but what we, we can go back. No, no, no go but back. hold on, it's relevant. What they're looking for is a character study. A yes. lot of people like a character they study. They love a method actor. This is definitely a character study. Undeniably. We learn a lot about this guy as a character. Mm. We follow one character, basically. Again and again and there again. are very few other characters in this film. Mm. I'd there say about a cast of six. A few more, maybe, but most of them are just... Zazie Beetz, for example, is not a character. No, she's a fiction yeah. of his imagination. Um, spoilers. Well, we already told you spoilers. We said spoilers, full spoilers. Uh, Robert De Niro's chat show host is not really a character no. either. They're all just people in his world. We mm. follow this one character and it's a fantastically acted character. Mm. Is it entertaining and enjoyable? Maybe not. Yeah, I don't think that's what Joaquin Phoenix was going for. But it's a character study. Yeah. It also... For uh, whether this is good or bad or a fault or not, or a flaw or not, it is definitely directed. It has a style. Yeah. And it has a consistent style. A colour palette. A colour palette. Uh, a shooting style. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. It has... It has. It just happens to be Martin Scorsese's. Yeah. It has a message. Yeah. It has points. What's the message of Captain America Civil War? Don't piss off Tony Stark. Watch out for them Nazis. They're everywhere, but in secret. Yeah. Isn't the shield cool? Spooky like, secret Nazis. <laughs> <Captain> and shivers up. <laughs> I much prefer Captain America Civil War to this. Yeah. But what critics are lauding about this are those things that we've just talked about. And it definitely has all of those things. Mm. It's very definitely... A good movie. It's well made. Yeah. It's a technically speaking solid film. But, you know, there's a character arc and there's development. Yeah. And there's there's everything you would possibly want in a film. I didn't really like it. No, neither did I. But I can still see... Why a critic would... No, I don't... Or why want, someone uh, would... I don't even want to say I understand why a critic would enjoy it. Because that, I think, sounds a bit condescending. What I'm saying is... Mm. I recognise all of those good things about it. That's not particularly what I'm into in a film. Fair enough. I don't need a film to be an in-depth character study to enjoy it. Okay. Do you, do you get me? Do you no, no I understand saying? what you mean. Like, Yeah. It's a little too intense as a film. From my point of view. Go on. It, it, it's... This is going to make me sound like an utter wanker, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go on, yeah. It is art house to the point of pastiche in certain places. Go on. Um, I think it was pointed out by either Shane or my brother that we spend way too many time with weird shots of him laughing on his own or and they just repeat that shot over and over again in a nice intense close up yeah. and then you have the strange bokeh effect and the lens hovering over his forehead. Don't know what that the, means. Uh, the bokeh effect is where everything else blurs out and we just kind of spiral around Joaquin Phoenix's forehead okay. as he plays with the gun or contemplates you know the same thing he's been contemplating. And it pushes it over and over. I thought the three businessmen that he murders were very on the nose. Yeah. And it's all very heavy handed. Even at the level of a film that in, that includes all those things and that's what people want. And I, I understand that. There's not a lot of subtlety in the film. I have said this to Shane and Shane said that's what a lot of critics said. But as you know, I avoided critics before you trying do. to see it. Um, I thought that it would have been possibly a better film. But, Ben, bear in mind, not a film I would have gone to see, but a better film if it had nothing to do with Batman. Yeah. If this was a story about someone with a mental illness suffering a breakdown. We well, see, he's already made that movie. Go on. Um, it's called the I Was Never Even There, or You Were Never Even There. The King of Comedy. Uh, <laughs> That's a different mental breakdown. It's Go on. just, uh, but it, it, Joaquin Phoenix started another movie called um, "You Were Never." It's either "You Were Never Even There" or "I Was Never Even There," um, and he plays, uh, I guess, a hitman for hire who lives with his mother in an apartment. Oh, really? Hates his job um, and goes through psychotic episodes and has to deal with those. Now, the goal is a little bit different in both films. In the Joker film. His goal is to be accepted or find acceptance or something along those lines to have human contact that he believes he deserves. Um, in the other film, he has to rescue 
a young girl who's gotten herself into a bad situation. He's kind of got to balance his mental illness with trying to do the right thing and stuff like that. In terms of gritty setting, outbursts of violence, um, a man falling to his depth, uh, an extreme intense what came Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all there. They're very similar films. Um, so it's interesting and I kind of completely agree with you I don't know what benefit the Joker has to this film to being a Batman movie it's a a story about a sad clown going I don't know why Thomas Wayne needed to be there I didn't understand how many times do we have to watch those pearls being snatched from Martha Wayne's neck why did we get another (laughs) there was no need so right at the end of the film we get it we know literally in the last 10 minutes in the last 10 minutes of the film we have to go through the to- the Bruce Wayne origin story <laughs> yeah. again. There was no need. Yeah. Although in this one, it's not the Joker who pulls the trigger. Yeah, but there it's was a riot. That it he was caused. just a rioter that he caused. There was no need. And then he has a little flashback in his interview at the end, where he's like, "I was thinking of a joke," and we see Bruce Wayne standing above the body of his. Dad. He can't possibly he know, know that. that he can't possibly see that or know that <laughs> or understand that. Oh, my God, we get it. Batman had a rough time when he was a yeah, kid. His parents got killed. And he Zorro. went off to be a Batman. Zorro, we know. We I know. know. Mask of Zorro. One of the other things I found really Catherine interesting Jones. was how much the choice of design for the film was unusually Martin Scorsese-esque. The opening title with the big Joker in yellow letters. Yeah, um, one, an interesting thing about that was so few vanity plates, not vanity vanity cards, is that what they're yeah. called? So few production companies, just straight into it. Straight very into Warner Brothers. For, very Boom. rare for a 2019 film. Yeah, just straight into Warner Brothers and the company that helped them gets a scribble yeah. next to the, the thing. Very unusual. Very strange, yeah, um, for 2019. I didn't know what to expect going in. And I, I came out very jumbled, Michael. I was just like, oh, I don't know if I liked that or didn't like it. It certainly, as you pointed out, could have benefited from a lack of superhero tie-in or Batman tie-in. Or I, I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily saying that either. No, it could have I'm benefited. Just, I'm not, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying it didn't benefit from it being there. Yeah. Not saying yeah. it shouldn't have had it. I'm just saying it didn't need it. Didn't need it at all. Yeah. It would have been, if anything. A just as good, if not better, film if it wasn't there. Yeah, fair enough. You know what I'm really saying? Yeah, it didn't need to be a Batman film. Yeah, you could take it or leave it. Take it or, take it or leave Batman. I didn't really. I didn't particularly like it. No, I. I, I it was. It was. Uh, I think all four of us kind of came out and went. Huh. It was alright. Yeah, yeah. There well, were certainly some amazing scenes. Yeah. Um, the one where he walks out of the subway station having his cigarette, um, is pretty impressive. There's that that kind of snap of violence every once in a while that kind of lets you see the more psychotic end of Joker mm-hmm. that gets interesting. But overall... It's a character study. It's a character study. It's Oscar bait. Hmm. Yeah. Should look. Should listen, I? Right. You're right. You're right yeah, I'm just kind of having my world unraveled. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just remember, Ben. You're my number one guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that wonderful note, ladies and gentlemen, remember Mick said it here first. I'm his number one guy. Just it was just about my reference. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> he thinks I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Um, if you think I'm the best thing since sliced bread, give us now a comment down just below. Just give him an email because uh, he's, he's a bit sad looking really, <laughs> to be honest with you. Who's your favourite Joker? What's your favourite version of the Joker? Um, you are not allowed to listen to the podcast anymore if you say Jared Leto. Um, <laughs> but anybody else is fine by I us. I don't know if I have one. Uh, no, because you can pick and choose them. You can pick and choose it Michael for me it's always going to be Mark Hamill for a couple of people we ask on the podcast it was a throw up between Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger yeah. uh, Jack Nicholson doesn't get the doesn't get a lot of love doesn't get a lot of love anymore um, despite at one point being the definitive Joker yeah despite at one point being the definitive Joker I'd say he's probably the definitive Joker for my dad's era alright I think it might have something to do with that but I'm not 100% sure there well I mean Jack Nicholson for me isn't the definitive Joker but Michelle Pfeiffer is definitely the definitive Catwoman you are much younger than my father Michael what I'm just saying <laughs> just, just you're not that old Michael yeah. you're, you're quite young um, quite young let us know what you thought did you see the Joker movie what did, did you yeah. think of it not I you just, Michael we just talked about it for 20 bloody li- minutes the listeners oh the listeners the listeners if you want to check out some interesting Joker storylines you can check out the really interesting alternate take which is Joker by Ed Brubaker and Lee Bermejo it's an mm-hmm. interesting little mini series uh, that came out very interesting look at it the always wonderful Mark Hamill as the Joker in pretty much any of the the, uni- the animated universes things is always 
a great thing to look look at and listen to. Um, if you're looking for a more old-fashioned thing, go and pick up a, a classic kind of a Silver Age series. You could read the Death in the Family arc to understand why Batman mm. hates him so gosh darn much. That's when he killed Jason Todd with a crowbar. Yeah, it was bad time. Bad yeah. time. A real, real shift, a real watershed moment for the, uh, the character in general. But anyway... Give us a shout. Let us know what you think. We're on a website as well. Seanrabug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com Means tiny room in Irish. If you don't want to go to an L website, we're on Instagram at Michael and Benjamin's Podcast. We are on Spotify. You can listen to us there. You can let us know if you're listening to us on YouTube down below. Uh, That's my alarm there in my pocket. Podcast and (laughs) professionalism. That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Bye, everybody.